This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello out there, disaster divas. It is Kongzilla month, so we are in the middle of some heavy hitters. It is I, Jordan Cruciola. And it's me, Amanda Smith. And we have a elite disaster diva back in the house with us. Uh, one of our most prized, one of our most cherished episodes. Uh, returning now for a victory lap to celebrate... Uh, <laughs> A kaiju, a kaiju spectacular guest. Introduce yourself and tell us what we are here for. It is Van Lathan that we are here to do Woo-hoo. Godzilla. Now, is it Godzilla ninety nine or is it Godzilla two thousand? Was it? God- was it? it was, it's it's just Godzilla. I, I, think right? Godzilla. I think it's just Godzilla. I think it's just Godzilla. I, I, and then in parentheses, nineteen ninety eight. Because I remember for some reason this being Godzilla two thousand because there was a whole era where everything was everything than two thousand. Like sure, Dracula sure. 2000. The whole thing was letting you know 2000 was such a big deal. But yes, we're here. This movie, by the way, just just set it off. It, it, you know, I'm I'm 41. I'll be 41 in April. Uh-huh. And this movie was such a huge deal when it came out. This was like a gigantic pop culture deal oh, when it came yep. out. When the when the credits started rolling at the end, I let "Come with Me" by Diddy play all the way oh, through. Absolutely, watching you, this. You, I mean, we, that we is all, one of the great we all soundtrack owned the songs, CD, right? Yes, that was that one CD, of the great yeah. soundtrack originals of all time. So I'm up late one night. This is a true story. I'm up late <laughs> one night watching uh, Saturday Night Live, right? And my mom hears the riff come in. She thinks that Cashmere. Uh-huh. She thinks she thinks mm-hmm. that Zeppelin is on Saturday Night Live, <laughs> and that they're about to play cash. Like she she thinks that that's about to happen. She runs into <laughs> the room, all right, and she sees it, and then she stops and she just solemnly and defeatedly walks back to her bed. <laughs> I think that was officially the end of my mother's youth. Like she didn't even give it a chance. Like she I was mean, wasn't so Jimmy Page, Wasn't Jimmy Page on the stage though for that he performance was playing, playing he the was licks? Playing, yes, he was playing guitar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course they want to do it. They want to get paid again. Yeah, so of, of course. course. <laughs> Jimmy Page was with it, but it's yeah. one of the worst all time moments in pop culture history. Oh, that no. really. <laughs> I remember specifically that it was like the. Because I bought the single on iTunes was what I had. Mm-hmm. And it oh, was wow. the art for it was Diddy in like icy blue lighting with uh-huh. like aviator style shades that were just totally reflective. And it's just him full full face is the frame with the black glasses on in a white suit. And he's just covered in the blue light with the reflective glasses. I thought that was the coolest goddamn thing. That's so- yeah. like, And I love oh, it yeah. as you're listening to it in the credits for the movie, you hear... The, like they have the edited in of the Godzilla, like, like he, they have the kaiju sounds in the song in the credits. I mean, it, like you yeah. said, it was Godzilla a pop was a culture artist moment. on that song. 
Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And by the way, also, because this doesn't happen as much anymore, but there was a Taco Bell commercial. Do you guys remember it? Okay. Yes. So, so I was going to ask about, like, do you guys Chihuahua. remember the ads? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I need to be reminded of them. Yeah. So there was a Taco Bell Chihuahua. Remember the Chihuahua? Oh, of course. He was, yeah. He was, Yo quiero. You know, Yo quiero Taco yeah, Bell. Yo quiero Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. And Taco Bell was, because I, I used to love this era because I, I would be so into which fast food joint would get the tie-in. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. For, Absolutely. Batman Forever, it was it ended up Burger King got it. We then, had the glasses. Mm-hmm. We had the like the Batman Forever glasses. The like the right. yeah. mm-hmm. And you get like, you know, it might be Burger. Maybe it was I think it was Burger King. I can't remember. But Taco Bell got this one because you know Taco Bell was trudging along trying to get there. And it was the hey lizard lizard. <laughs> and the Chihuahua <laughs> said that. And then that became like a big deal. It was a uh-huh. huge part of this whole yeah. thing, man. It's a big movie. It was really like in the way that in the way that Twitter functions now, giving so many online people like their catchphrases to use. That I mean, we really advertising worked. It was ads. like yeah. yo, yo quiero Taco Bell here, lizard, lizard. Even the Quiznos creepy possums, like any coupon works. Like you remembered yeah. that shit that was up. Like all of that. There were, was no people in the nineties. Really, their personality. People in the 90s, their entire personalities just came from ads. And I think that's something that Gen, if Gen Z ever to finds this through, out, if Gen Z ever finds out how many times we made twins. references. Oh, God. If, no, if no, we're, we're so screwed. We're, we were so in the bag for marketing. It was incredible. Like, I don't know yeah. if they were doing a great job or we were just the last susceptible generation. But and twins, I think, really, really was a low point of our existence. Budweiser frogs, guys. YouTube killed it. Fucking, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> YouTube killed it. And the reason why the, the 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 reason why YouTube killed it is because on YouTube, mm-hmm. two things happened. Number one, everything was too accessible, right? right. So it was like you can you could get a laugh or whatever whenever you wanted. You could just go go and go right to it. And secondly, YouTube also showed us that the best commercials weren't the big ones. They were the mm-hmm. small local bullshit at like that furniture store with a guy singing a song and all of that stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so like the, the Red House. If anybody remembers the yeah, Red House ads. I do, like, yes. <laughs> yeah, the Red House from like South Carolina or something. Yeah, so like that that kind of changed it. But when I was watching this movie, even seeing all of the familiar faces packed mm-hmm. into one, it's almost as if this film is like the last gasp of the 90s. Like almost oh, yeah. every familiar, that guy, that mm-hmm. lady mm-hmm. Uh, in the 90s is kind of thrown into this movie. Um, and, you know, I watched it and I remembered sort of what the ending narrative of the film was is that it was a gigantic disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) It was was a gigantic, I remember in this movie, so much was made of it. And Uh I I remember reading an article that said this movie was going to take Matthew Broderick to the next stage of his career. And it just kind of, you know, it was it was what it was. Yeah. 
I mean, the ingredients were there. We had we had in Roland Emmerich. We had him bringing back the Godzilla. Like he was going to do it Emmerich sized. It was going to be a fucking two and a half hour Roland this was spectacular. To it wasn't even a Roland spectacular. This was just the Independence Day doing the follow up to Independence Day. Like this wasn't he wasn't Roland Emmerich yeah. at that point. This was just well, okay. No, no, but you say that you say that like Independence Day didn't fucking mint Roland Emmerich into being it like. Did, the but I'm not saying like got this movie, but it's not right. But it's not. Day. I'm just saying that it, it's not like everyone's like, oh my god, it's another Roland Emmerich movie. It was oh, the dude who did Independence Day, he's gonna do this Godzilla movie now, and he's gonna do to Exa- exactly Patrick fucking exactly what, that. What Will Smith did to Will Smith, like let's be like Roland Emmerich didn't do that to Will Smith. That was just you put Will Smith on stage or on a camera and. He's Will Smith. But it was going to be Matthew sure. Broderick's turn. Yeah. Didn't work out that way, though. Yeah. And, and to be because honest with you, still and Matthew, Matthew Broderick. Didn't. And, Ma- and Matthew, exactly. <laughs> Matthew Broderick is is one of the more interesting uh, Hollywood careers because- He is. It, he, it, it's, first of all, insane longevity, right? Yep. But- mm-hmm. He was kind of a dude that at some point people expected to not become a Tom Cruise type, but mm-hmm. to either go yeah. grab an Academy Award mm-hmm. or become like a super bankable actor. But what he be, what he ended up doing was making a career out of being a guy that we just like. Right. Like every every time you see him, you just kind of like him. But had this movie become a worldwide huge big success things might have been different for him it might he might have gotten to that next hyper a-list actor well and it's interesting too like just thinking of his thinking of his arc because obviously he's Ferris and obviously there's that you know there's that early that late 80s early 90s crest and then you come into this where it's like an attempt to shoot off at blockbuster and that doesn't really happen and then you have the zag coming the very next year with election where he's playing like Great the movie. dark mm-hmm. comedy lead playing something that is a perversion of anything we would have ever attached to Matthew Broderick and it's not like then he became a sort of consistent Sundance staple where he kept like playing with that sensibility of taking your expectation and undermining it or, or, or manipulating it. He, he sort of like, I guess just Broadway came calling. Like he had this legitimate yeah. career over here where he didn't actually have to keep clamoring at a certain kind of stardom. Cause he could go off and be Broadway famous, Matthew Broderick and married to like, you know, a queen of the nineties in her way, Sarah Jessica Parker. And uh, they yeah. could, they are like, Oddly, this like New York City royalty where she's like the second, she's like the lieutenant of Anna Wintour at the Met Ball. And he just is, what is Matthew Broderick? He is like, I can't think of a parallel career for him to be like, oh, well, it could have gone this way or this way. He was just so distinctly himself. And as a result of being so distinctly himself, really, for as, as, as many flaws as this movie has, Matthew Broderick as the dorky babe science guy in the 90s really worked he that worked fit that yeah, he's the best part of the movie well. yes he's the he's yes. the best part of the movie like he he gives the mm-hmm. mute he's charming he's vulnerable like yeah if, if yeah. they would have built a a capable narrative around him it would have <laughs> yeah. been it, it would have been like it would he was he would have shined in the role 
This yeah, movie, it, you, like, you it totally is see why Godzilla falls in love immediately with Matthew Broderick upon seeing it. You're just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Godzilla, he will charm the giant You're lizard. So right. Sure, why not? And then mm-hmm. also, you don't hold it against him for being still obsessed with his girlfriend from college, which was presumably eight years ago. Like that combination, like he has to I be mean, likable it, it, enough. It's like eight to ten years ago. Yes. Yeah. 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 It, it, which and would be with way, anyone I'm else. Glad creepy. We're talk about. Yeah, I'm, we're gonna talk about that a little bit later because good. It's not just creepy. It's kind of. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a little stupid. Like it, it, it kind of pissed me off. By the way, she pissed me off. We're gonna talk about like we're, we're gonna talk about <laughs> it because here's the thing. Yeah. One of my favorite '90s movies she was in. I don't know if you guys ever saw this movie. You ever see Bye Bye Love? You ever see that? Yes, yes, yes. I do remember yeah. that. Delightful. Yes. Delightful movie. Paul Reiser, Randy Quaid, mm-hmm. Matthew Modine. Uh, just it, a delightful movie, right? Mm-hmm. She plays the hot younger girlfriend <clears throat> type lady yeah. of Matthew Modine in it. And she was cool in the role. She's and very charming. Yeah. She was very charming, just very cool in the role. And I thought she was going to be this big star. She comes out in Godzilla. I looked her up. And then after this, kind of not much else happens. Yeah, she's but like officially I, I, retired at this point. Yeah, like, she yeah, now. I looked her up. Like she's done. Like she's had she had she's got a family. She's not into it anymore. Mm-hmm. But it just shows you the movie was uh a miss, and the person that seemed to be least affected by the movie being a miss was Roland Emmerich. And at that point yeah. in your career as a director, I know that he had independence day, so he wasn't gonna be right. gone. But normally, if you brick one like that, they at least make you cool your heels for a little while. But he, right. he came right back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't then go on to produce even you don't then go on to produce things that are like immediately after even larger than anything you have done before. Yeah. Yeah, can and you imagine? Fucked up God. Fucked up one of the like the Ameri- the first time that America <laughs> is gonna do the franchise with Godzilla. This is such a huge deal, and he fucked mm-hmm. it up. Good. Yep, he fucked it up, and they were like, "Let's give him more money." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's really something spectacular. It's pretty amazing. I think as far as like like bringing up um bringing up uh Maria Patillo and I like as far as reality index goes I think a key part of the reality index of this movie and of Hollywood that what this what her journalist character gets right in accordance with Hollywood tradition is that Hollywood is tirelessly fucking terrible at female journalist characters. This character Ooh. is one hundred percent a Hollywood female journalist, which main which is com- completely in line with the Hollywood tradition, while being completely fucking afield from the reality of the journalist. Like the you know at, at least at least in this one she had fucked her source ten years ago, and the crux of her character. <laughs> Or wasn't for the story fucking resource now but like the craven ambition throwing people to the wolves to get the story having to learn their humanity only after like a huge betrayal of someone's trust hollywood like one of the journalism we're in a bad place right now journalists and not a small part of that is because we've had terrible pr for generations of unless you're like woodward and bernstein all the president's men if you're a journalist in a movie you're an asshole amanda member city on fire the journalist who Mm -hmm. can't stop asking people to like how they're feeling after their children have just been burned alive inside a building. Like that is a journalist in a film. And she is just like the mealy mouth version of the constant bad portrayals of journalists we see on screen. It's like, well, there's another fucking 
Thanks, guys. In her defense, Jordan, he had the tape sitting there. How was she supposed to know that she wasn't allowed to take the tape out of the restricted area and then put it onto television? How was she supposed to know that? Look, first of all, look, say something. <laughs> I, I don't remember that part in the theater. I'm, maybe I was eating popcorn or maybe I had a little <laughs> girl with me or something like that. You know what I mean? I, like, she, first of all, a couple of things. Number one, that was so well said about journalist characters. You, you, I say something about this podcast. You guys are good. Like, you, like, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you guys really are. Like, you guys, you guys are good. You guys are good because the moment we you got the endorsement, you. guys. Let's let's back it up. Let's roll out. Let's bring in the trucks. Let him finish complimenting uh, us. Stop. Let him finish. You know I need approval. Like, like it really is. But the moment that you, the moment you said that, I started thinking about Die Hard. And like when I, when I'm, you know, you're yeah. thinking about Die Hard, and you think about this guy that's gonna like go to this man's house. It's a terrorist situation. Uh huh. And put the shit on TV. Mm-hmm. Now, now, I worked mm-hmm. in the newsroom. I don't know if you guys know the place that I come from, but they're not a lot of lines they won't cross. <laughs> but I can tell you, yeah. they wouldn't have done that in the middle of a hostage situation. I always think about that. To put this man's family and his shit on TV mm-hmm. and then to, to basically give the terrorists their fucking kryptonite that they need to fuck him <laughs> over. That, and and, 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 but, and there's the thing about the journalist characters in these movies is there's no in between. They're not people. Either no. they're super intrepid journalists mm-hmm. who only care about the truth more than they care about their own fucking mm-hmm. kids yep. and all of that stuff like that, or they're the slime balliest of the slime ball type of people. There's no oh, absolutely, middle. yeah. I mean, that's why, like, that's the that's the that's the delight in, in like the the comedy of the character is what's embraced in Scream. But Gail Weathers is skewering that exact craven, shitty kind of celebrity entertainment journalist. Zoe Barnes, one of like the breakout roles from the beginning of House of Cards, was an ethically dubious, like asshole of a journalist who was willing to fuck a senator to get the story like thank you for smoking katie holmes's character in a performance she does a great job in she's having sex with aaron eckhart to get the story and lies to him about what she will put on the record and what she does not this is just she is just even kate mara in briefly in iron man she's in that her role was like going to be larger but it got left mostly on the cutting room floor but so she essentially exists in iron man i think too to have sex with Tony and then she doesn't exist anymore. Like the correct. continual betrayal of particularly female journalists on screen, like female journalists always sleeping with their sources, male journalists, slimy, cruel, manipulative in the sense of the Hollywood reality index. Maria Patillo's character, Audrey is 100% in line with what the, the business thinks of the journalism. Mm. industry. Depressing. Very <laughs> have- depressing. But I'll tell you one thing though. Like it, so the matter of fact way in which they say that, like, okay, because they talk to they talk about the character. He, she she's talking to Hank Azaria mm-hmm. and she says to him, she says, you know, the, the guy asked me to marry him, and I said no. Look, mm-hmm. if a guy asks you to marry him and you say no, then that's cool. Yeah. I mean, you do whatever you want. You don't want to get married, don't get married. But then when it comes back to Matthew Broderick, he lets us into the secret that she just disappeared without a trace. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even know. Didn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. And then 
He's still, by the way, if you do that to me, I'm not going to lie. We probably can't have tea. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> if that, I'm ready, that is fair. If, I, if I'm ready to get married to you and you just <laughs> like uh, evaporate, we probably yeah. can't have tea. But if we have tea and then you steal the tape, now, right. now I'm going to yeah. go get a contract killer. Now we got a whole different movie. If, if, I, I, let, if I, I let you back in and you steal the tape, I'm at least at least I'm gonna flame you on Twitter. At the very <laughs> least, I'm gonna flame you on Twitter. I mean, I would just argue that if you're at a point in a relationship where somebody's proposing to you, one would assume that it would not come as such a surprise that the only option is to leave in the dead of night, the way that you do when the guy that you've been hooking up with reveals that he actually lives with his parents like that's that's the distinction <laughs> you think that like this is well, and I think at least a little also how it is i mean i know it was the 90s but it's she had to put some effort into fully ghosting matthew broderick like that's a flee the country sort of effort you have to put into it when you're in a state where you can marry be at a point to marry somebody unless he was proposing after six weeks which that character also fully believed that character might have proposed after six weeks Jordan I think he totally would have, and also the photos that he keeps. Yeah, because the photos that he keeps in <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like you see it, and you're like, no, this isn't cool. But it is really consistent with what little we do start to understand about their past relationship, because he keeps like photos of them and better times in like this work suitcase that he carries around with him of the girl who ghosted him when they broke up eight years ago, who he was proposing to. And then she just ran. If you are a woman and you run from the guy who's proposing to you, you vanish without a trace. And he is the same kind of guy who would keep photos of you looking happy in a suitcase. He carries around with him while he's mining for earthworms in the like, exclusion zone of Chernobyl, you probably actually had good fucking reason to run from that guy because you didn't think there was another way out. So actually, in conjunction, all the pieces, it's like, yeah, he would be the pictures in the suitcase guy. She had to run because he's the pictures in the suitcase guy. And given that he still got these here after all this time, he probably was like six weeks in. I want to marry you. Let's spend the rest of our lives together. A whole weird package. Yeah. weird package. You know what else? You know what's interesting about this? So... And this herein lies the issue with this movie. You know what we haven't discussed yet? <laughs> Godzilla? The worms? Godzilla! <laughs> <laughs> like, and, 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 and yeah. in subsequent Godzilla movies since this, mm-hmm. I think that they've gone into overkill because in, wow. these, in these other movies, as a reaction to this, it's, it's basically fucking Aaron Taylor Johnson Hi, I'm a human. And then cut to Godzilla fucking smashing San Francisco <laughs> against the guy, the thing, the moth thing for two hours with no plot. Uh-huh. So they, I think that they overcorrected. But let me know, I fuck with that movie though. Even like even <laughs> they overcorrected. But in this in, in in this movie, you know, Godzilla fucking looked terrible. There was like uh, it, it just the the yeah. entire thing didn't work it's a weird fucked up jurassic park movie almost and not and not and not <laughs> That's the thing. godzilla yeah. like at all it does it is very yeah. it is very much when you see godzilla's movie you're like oh this is a dinosaur movie right. this is nothing different from yeah. a dinosaur movie he i mean the last like, act of the movie is basically them being like roland what's your version of jurassic of lost world and then roland emmerich's like it's yeah. worse 
It's the raptor chase. It's the raptor <laughs> yeah. chase with the T-Rex looming mm-hmm. as like the ultimate big bad. But like uh-huh. you see, you know, they've traded size for agility in this. Mm-hmm. And watching him, it's it's almost like it's almost like looking at Batman, like Bat um Batman's Gotham, like the 90s Batmans. The way you see Godzilla running in and out of the buildings, it's like, okay, guys, the buildings aren't such that you will literally never see sky as you weave in and out of the blocks. Like there, the one part where Godzilla's on the run and suddenly like 150 helicopters drop into the frame. And it's like, there is not a universe in which this geography, this city could accommodate what's happening right now with the amount of things that aren't hitting buildings. The amount yeah. of not hitting buildings that Godzilla does in this movie is fucking crazy. Like, right. considering the yeah. damage he doesn't do, it's pretty unrealistic. And the re- and there's a part in the movie where <clears throat> that guy, uh, and I, I don't know why I don't know his name, he plays swarmy, uh, like, like sleazy characters in every film. He plays like- Is the- it Jean Renault? The news and the no, not John Renault. John oh, Renault plays. No, fucking. it's um Harry Shearer. <laughs> Killers. Harry Harry Shearer. Yeah, shitty Harry journalist Shearer. guy. Harry Shearer. Shearer. Harry yeah. Shearer. Okay. Um. So there's a part where uh he's talking to I guess his secretary. And she's like, your your story just walked behind you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So he didn't hear that. No building yeah, no. didn't shake. Like like he like he he didn't he didn't fucking hear. The goddamn 50-ton <laughs> lizard crunching cars. He didn't hear the screams Mm-mm. of New Yorkers as, it, <laughs> as, as the lizard passed them. There's just a lot of stuff in this movie. And look, I know people get pissed off when Neil deGrasse Tyson goes into your favorite movie and does <laughs> a whole fucking Medium article about why it could have never happened. I know people get right. pissed off. Yeah. But that has made these sci-fi movies in a lot of ways more bearable. Uh-huh. It, it, it has set some mm-hmm. rules, so we don't get. And and I, I'm kind of watching this with a with an eye now. You know, you see Superman destroy Metropolis and all of that stuff like that, which yeah. never seemed to happen when he was fighting people in the in the other movies. But yeah. no, so th- there were misses about the character of Godzilla. I don't feel like they paid enough attention to Godzilla in the Godzilla no. movie. No, it felt like it, it felt like it felt like Roland was like, I want to do a Godzilla because I've never seen one and I want to do my fresh take. Because this was just this was just a Jurassic Park movie. And the way like even like from that, it's like having seen the Godzilla that we've like you said, we've really the pendulum really went in the other direction. It was like, no, we need uh-huh. to really jack this guy up. So Godzilla now is epic beyond imagination and then you watch this and you see matthew broderick show up and he's at like the militarized site where godzilla has been tracked and he's standing in godzilla's footprint and you're like that's all Uh, yeah like Like, yeah that's that's it like okay this is scary but also the idea that what the scope of what we are seeing is unstoppable it just doesn't feel unstoppable when you see the scale of what he is compared to godzilla because it's like surely there's a net that we have that could at least like apprehend this fucking thing. Like, there's got to be something. This is no, like John, I, you know, I'm looking it, at it, one of those. Godzilla is tricky, and so Godzilla can change sizes throughout this movie at any given time. Godzilla's a shapeshifter. <laughs> <laughs> there should not be a Godzilla movie where any part of the plot is well, we can't find him. Like, unless he's under the sea floor and you can't fucking get there, and he's in his nuclear powered hideaway 
away like he is in King of the Monsters, where he has a beautiful moment with Ken Watanabe where they like join eyes and commune. Unless he's down in fucking Atlantis, you Mm -hmm. should not (laughs) not know where Godzilla is because he's so massive. That's not even an option on the table. He's gigantic. Yeah. The tail itself would take out half of the Lower East Side. Yep. Well, just that was like, looking. Oh, yeah. Just, so going back to the ad uh, campaigns, I don't know if you guys had them, it, like when you guys, like when Godzilla came out, but here in LA, they would have like, the buses would have wraparounds. I'd be like, his foot is as long as this bus. And like billboards, you know, his, uh, his elbow is as high as this billboard. And that was like the whole ad campaign was about how huge he was. And then a, like a couple yeah. years later, Donnie and Maria Osmond had their own talk show and they had buses that were wrapped around with white and it was their teeth are as white as this bus and it was really fucking weird reference. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but that's yeah. so LA. That's oh, amazing. The, like that was, yeah, I remember it, it, that but, ad campaign way more vividly than anything from this movie. <laughs> but that's very true though because there was, it was, they made such a fucking big deal about it. They made yeah. such a big deal about it. Like, it's crazy because we all ran out and saw the movie and I don't remember it. And it, it and when no. I said I, when I said I didn't remember it, like I put it on and I thought it's truly I don't remember the worms. I don't remember like, <laughs> yeah. like a, a friend of mine is in the movie and we've never talked about it. Glenn oh, Moore no. Yeah, like like we <laughs> Like, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember anything about that. I don't remember any of that stuff. So, it and it was, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was tough. But I do remember uh, because you you couldn't be dialed into it in sort of an omnipresent way like you can be now. But there was a sense yeah. of when a movie failed back then. You could sense it, like Last Action Hero. Right. Yeah, this, there was a sense. Of when a movie failed, like uh-huh. ah, that kind of came and went. Like no one's talking about that anymore, and that that was definitely what happened uh-huh. with this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was a time when if the movie if a movie hit, we all were taught everybody was talking about the same movie. So right. in the absence of that, like you felt the vacuum of a conversation about a blockbuster of this magnitude because we had a monoculture then. So if yeah. you're like if the summer blockbuster season wasn't organized around the Godzilla that came out like this came, this release date was 20th of May. This is opening the summer season mm-hmm. right. and no one fucking cared. I mean, no this is supposed to be a trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we have like we have just a couple like not like you know we have a decade later it becomes like a new era of movies, but you see like the way that that this this Godzilla doesn't really leave an imprint on the city like there's some destruction, but it's mostly man made at which they remark upon in the movie. Most of the damage done is by American military power fucking up Manhattan, not actually by Godzilla. And then a few years later, you have uh, Cloverfield, which actually has a creature of similar size, maybe a little bigger than this Godzilla. And we see what that monster does just by thrashing around the city. And meanwhile, this Godzilla is just like ducking and weaving through buildings really discreetly. It was like, I don't like, I feel like I'm watching a catch me, like I'm watching like a heist movie. Like I'm watching the yeah. authorities chase the villain instead of watching like a monster movie for the amount that you see Godzilla in this movie. He he doesn't leave an impression. I wish you see more. I wish you saw more of Godzilla and the Mutos in 2014 Godzilla, but you remember every fucking second that they're on screen because they're so awesome and powerful. There's so much Godzilla in this movie. And you're just like, eh, oh, well. Yeah. 
Like it's funny. You it's never funny. feel like he's a bad guy. It's funny that you bring up not really. Like he's almost like you almost feel bad for him. As a matter of fact, it's funny that you, you bring. Yeah. yeah, it's all you almost feel bad for him. Like in, in this film, you almost feel like it, it. It like I had my heart went out to Godzilla because he seems sad. But um, it's funny. Yeah. That you, it's it's funny that you bring up Cloverfield. Do you know what I remember about Cloverfield? Is I remember being inside of that theater and being terrified. That was that was that was a scary movie where the stakes um not only on Mm -hmm. the whole is he gonna destroy this Cloverfield? I don't know if Mickley could call him Cloverfield. I don't think that's his name. But like is is uh if they they, are they gonna is he gonna destroy the city? But also just the tension between the kids mm-hmm. in that one. Like, it just, it felt oh scary. Oh, my God, yeah. No one in this movie is scared of Godzilla. Like, no, like It, it no, does not seem like it. Nobody in the movie seems like they're scared. That, like, there's a giant... Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to use Godzilla to further their career. Are they not afraid <laughs> to get eaten? <laughs> like, it's weird. It's like nope. a weird thing. Well, it's like Hank... Hank Azaria gets stepped on and comes away totally fine. He right, got right. being stepped on. He got stepped on, and it was only by the grace of the blood of Jesus that he didn't become this big <laughs> like a squat. And he didn't even, if that's me, <laughs> I, I freak out, I'm gone. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Well, and even even like we get like we're even when we're in Madison Square Garden and we find the pods, like we find the the, the nest. And there's <laughs> there's hundreds of them practically they are surrounded basically by the raptors in jurassic park and that scene is not played for fear at no at all at all all. it's almost slapstick like the babies are working on sort of an instinct but Uh like we only get the sense that they want to eat the people because the people like smell like fish yeah it's like it's like you get the sense of like a shark feeling out something by chewing on it and not because they're being hostile but because they just figure shit out with their mouths you don't actually get a sense even when they are surrounded by little godzillas that there is anything really to fear beyond like two creatures really not fit to coexist in the same space. Mm, I mean, versus like even in 2014, the best thing that the the reboot of uh, the re-reboot of Godzilla I think did was cons- was continually decide to pit monster against monster and have there be like an evil monster force that Godzilla is in opposition to because we can't, it's not 1954. This isn't like the nuclear metaphor that it was in Japan at the time when that original movie came out. We sympathize with Godzilla. We sympathize with the monster. So you can't, I don't think, unless you're going to do like a Shin Godzilla situation, which handled this really well, I don't, like American filmmakers, I don't know if we can make a credible movie where Godzilla is just the antagonizing force without us actually just kind of feeling bad that we woke this guy up and we fucking created him in the first place because of nuclear waste and disaster. So like by the time you see him getting ordinances launched into his body and exploding at the end, it's like, this is fucking sad. This is like Kong on the top of the building in the 1930s. He didn't ask to be here. He fell in love with a human lady and then they're just (laughs) going to kill him for it while he's on top of the Empire State Building. Like, that's fucking tragic. I wasn't even supposed to be here today. Exactly. (sighs) And and it's just sad. You know, I just want to say, stop and correct one thing, Jordan. You said we created him and I want to clarify that it's very clear in this film that we did not, the French created Godzilla. The French did. And when I say 
Lauren. Might I mean, be, I mean humanity. I but know, you're but right. the French creating Godzilla might be my favorite what the fuck retcon was that? that has ever happened in a film. I what that the fuck is was my that? that is my canon now. That is what I live and die by. Is that the French created Godzilla? What the fuck? I loved it. <laughs> Famously problematic nuclear power France created. Yeah, right. Well, all Godzilla. the bombs they got. Right. Yeah. You know, the nuclear, like the, the mighty French <laughs> and all of their military, you know, is. Yeah. And, and by the way, I, I wonder about, because I was watching this, I was like, I expect more of you, Jean Renault. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why are you going to sell out France like that, dog? Like, the I, amount of time they also spend just leaving him in a hotel room is like, what are you doing? You have Jean Renault. What is yeah. this? He, he, has, like, he fucking, has to do all the bits uh, with coffee. Uh, Exactly, right? But, like, so, you know, I actually, that's a role that they actually missed right there. That shouldn't have been genre. That was, that's got Gerard Depardieu. I was going to say, that's a Gerard Depardieu (laughs) role. All right. In 1998, totally. That's got Gerard Depardieu all. Don't put the fucking professional in that. Like, that's got, (laughs) that's got, that's got Gerard Depardieu written all over it. So, Uh it's, it's interesting what you guys say about like killing Godzilla. First of all, if you kill Godzilla, then it's hard mm-hmm. to have sequels, right? And and right. they they try yeah. to reborn, make them reborn and stuff like that. But I think that's very that's a very interesting point because it, it, it's like <coughs> Godzilla's an animal, and mm-hmm. he is it, you know it, it, this guy sounds stupid, right? But I remember my my brother had a dog. That bit his kid, right? He bit the kid mm-hmm. on the lip. Okay. And they were they were talking about putting the dog down. And I remember me and my dad were living. We were like, "How the fuck are you gonna put the dog down? The kid yeah. is in the mm-hmm. dog's face, going crazy. Dog six months old doesn't know what it's doing. It bites the mm-hmm. kid, mm-hmm. and the dog has to die. Yeah. Like, who the fuck are you, Texas? You just <laughs> put people to yeah. death. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so and so uh-huh. like and so like I'm watching this. And I'm seeing them launch missiles at Godzilla. I'm like, oh, I feel bad for Godzilla. I can feel because, like, he's trying. He's trying to get the what you see Godzilla doing, interacting with people the entire movie is trying to get away from them. He's trying to leave. Godzilla is never trying to interact with people. They bait him. They feed him. He shows up and then they start shooting at his ass. And then he runs away. And like, of course, he's like going to nest because like just that's like the genetic mandate to procreate. But like the only he's constantly running from helicopters. He's running from tanks. Godzilla is never wandering into the firefight. He just wants to fucking live. In Madison, Square, in Madison Square Garden, which, like, fuck, man, no one cares about Madison Square Garden. Let them right. rest in the garden. <laughs> let them let say that the fucking Knicks aren't using it to do anything but to create Not shame. A goddamn so, thing. So here's the thing. And, and unlike Cloverfield, who was like, I'm here to fuck shit up, baby. Yeah. Like, 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 like Cloverfield dropped. And as soon as you want to give me this shit, Cloverfield was fucking shit. By the way, I want to say something else about Roland Emmerich. He hates America. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Roland, like Roland Emmerich destroys mm-hmm. a piece of Americana in every film. Oh, in yeah. every yeah. In this yeah. film, he took out the Empire State Building. Mm-hmm. Then he fucking took out the White House mm-hmm. in Independence Day. He brought it to the Hollywood sign, and he just had the the the, the fucking what was it? Was it Day After Tomorrow? Right. Then the, the 
Randy's Donuts in mm-hmm. Randy's, Randy's Donuts, Donuts. In all of LA and ho- the Hollywood sign yep. in in 2012. And 2012, he just like he's got a he's like a checklist. He's yeah. got a checklist <laughs> yeah. of shit that he's just he just running so- down, fucking taking out. <laughs> he took out the Chrysler Building in this one specifically because the he Chrysler had taken building. out the Empire State Building in Independence. Incredible. So, no, no, it's because Sorry. specifically he's like, well, I already did it, the Empire State Building in Independence Day. So then he went for the Chrysler Building. That was like a thing. That is, that that Devin, is one of the best Devin effects Devin in Devlin. this whole movie. Yeah. Uh, you mean you don't like the parts where it looks like a Wile E. Coyote style cutout of a building <laughs> in the shape of Godzilla? You don't enjoy those moments, Jordan? <laughs> I, I I wonder, like, I don't have any, I didn't look up the backstory in this. Surely there's a poll quote about it somewhere. But like, it, like talking about like the movie, this being, this movie being like the end of the nineties, like you have Michael, is that Michael Lerner? I think is his, is the actor. Yeah. Michael mm-hmm. Lerner plays Mayor Ebert. Yes. And he looks just like Ebert. With his assistant Siskel. With his assistant Siskel, who looks like Gene Siskel. Mm-hmm. Like, right. to have, to have like, homage characters for Siskel yeah. and Ebert in a bomb of a monster movie at the end of the 90s. Put that on a headstone. I mean, my God. Yeah, that's and, and stuff like that is when you know that, <clears throat> that those, they wrote those characters in when they realized how, when they were down the line. When they were like, hey... <laughs> Guys, just to let you know, we got a real stinker here. And I've been a part of those films. I was on a film. I won't tell you what the name of the movie is, but it's, it was called The Reaping. And, and and I was on this movie, and it started off with high hopes. And I remember we got to a point to where even the director, a guy named Stephen Hopkins, it started to become a point to where people were like, hey, let's just get back to L.A. <laughs> Was like, Got it. Because, because <laughs> too much had happened. He like, there's nothing you can do. So uh-huh. I wonder with a film like this, with all of these things that as mm-hmm. audience goers mm-hmm. are glaring to us, I just wonder on a movie this fucking big, mm-hmm. and I've always wondered this, how you miss to this degree. And by the way, it's not like the movie is unwatchable. No. I don't want to go to, it's not unwatchable. It's just stupid. And, and, and if it were an hour and a half, if yeah. you cut an it's hour of so dead weight, long. if you cut a full it's hour so out of long. this movie, at least it wouldn't let at least it wouldn't let you rest. It would be relentless, stupid, mm-hmm. and that has its own kind of value. There's so much the, the the killer of this movie is the lag time. You can't have that much time to think about what's going on in 1998 Godzilla. You could cut 15 minutes true. just from all the stuff in Madison Square Garden and you would still have so much baby Godzilla. So much. So like you could yeah. cut so the entire much. I it's that thing where and you can see Roland Emmerich like working out his sense of humor because Roland Emmerich has a very <laughs> specific sense of humor and you can watch him working it out through the course of this film. <laughs> and I could see hear him in my head arguing for why we absolutely needed every fucking frame of the baby Godzilla's <laughs> slipping on gumballs because that <laughs> that to Roland Emmerich is the height of cinematic humor is baby I Godzilla's mean, slipping on gumballs the the slapstick escape of Matthew Broderick from the bumbling baby Godzilla's is like this is where we have come to this movie this is like we've spent all this time to come to slapstick baby Godzilla's mm-hmm. Madison Square Garden baby Godzilla's yeah. eating popcorn what we didn't <laughs> know we needed it's just like it's 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 really it, it, and for a disaster movie and it's like 
a disaster movie has to have pretty clear stakes, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. It, yeah. it, it, that's the biggest thing about the movie. The stakes have to be clear, pretty clear. The stakes yeah. are, hey, all is lost. That's yeah. what it has mm-hmm. to be. Overwhelmingly, all is mm-hmm. lost. And yeah. when I say all, I mean all wherever you are. If you're fucking on the goddamn boat, the boat sinking, yeah. all. If you're in the goddamn yeah. hotel, yeah. all is lost. All is lost. And at this, <laughs> I really feel like New Yorkers were going on with their lives. They were like, it, like literally, yes. people yes. were run, running around Central Park, stopping, taking their pulse, and going, "Did you hear about that lizard? That's like they. Did you hear about that? Like, <laughs> you, know, you, 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 you know what I mean? So it it, it didn't. It just yeah. it seemed very matter of fact to have a fucking two hundred foot lizard in the middle of Manhattan. Well, yeah, I mean, and in fact, multiple in multiple scenes, yeah. it becomes like a bit in the movie. Matthew Broderick's character stops to take disposable camera photos of Godzilla. You shouldn't, it shouldn't occur to you that you even have a disposable camera in your possession because it is so harrowing. The, the sheer thought of a Godzilla is, is, is present and alive, but he stops multiple times to like wind a camera and deploy the flash on Godzilla because Jordan. it seems pretty fucking casual. That, right. That's what we call product placement. And I just want to <laughs> commend Kodak for finding a way to work a fucking disposable camera repeatedly into this repeatedly. film. Repeatedly. Repeatedly. But yeah. to the thing about and the idea that there wasn't like urgency, people are trying to get back. People were like, okay, Godzilla's dead. We all want to go back to the city now. Like, can you imagine? Like, what? What the fuck? It was, kind of- <laughs> that was such a weird plot point that like yeah. people are demanding to get back into the city. It's like, why aren't those people in fucking Scranton by now because they can't get far enough from the giant unprecedented lizard running around the city? That was so weird. Yeah, and another thing about sort of movies like this when when you when you set them, it's like I had a problem. I think that this was I think this is the deal. <clears throat> I've evolved as a disaster movie watcher, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And there's only two buckets I'm in. Either I watch old, ridiculous disaster movies mm-hmm. like Volcano, and I love them even more than I thought that I could. Which, right, right. Mm-hmm. As far as just as far as just watching a movie, mm-hmm. Volcano might be one of my favorite movies ever to watch. Oh, it's absolutely just, one of Amanda's. Yeah. Oh my god. I, just, yes. just just Volcano just might be one of my favorite movies ever to watch. Just ever yeah. in life. Pure entertainment. Pure. Mm-hmm. Pure entertainment in the movie Godzilla, but. With this film, it just didn't seem like there was really anything to glom onto. No. Like the monster wasn't no. cool. Their mm-hmm. love story sucked. Sucked. And the, their mm-hmm. love story was terrible. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and and so and so uh, like and really that was almost a microcosm for the failing of the movie, is just that. It wasn't believable. They didn't have very much chemistry, and it seemed like no. it was too binary. Yeah. Either she was super fucked up, and or <laughs> she was a superhero. So none of it seemed yeah. grounded in reality, and that's kind of the thing about the film. Well, and she too, like the character, it felt like like as far as like them as a as a as a as a microcosm for the rest of the movie, she was so wishy washy, like. 
it was, you know, animal, obviously, Hank Azaria, you know, you gotta, you gotta be vicious. You gotta be cutthroat in this industry. So obviously that's her, her struggle is that she's not vicious in that way, but she was so, oh gosh, gee, mister. It was like, she was a character in a 1950s movie who was a 12 year old, like aspiring gumshoe who just wouldn't stop following the cop around. Like, Oh wow. Are we going to solve crimes? Like she was just like, they just made her such a dish rag and they didn't need to do that while also making her trying to be conniving. It made every, they underserved every aspect of the character. And then you put like somebody who's that milk toast alongside like nerd possibly stalker level commitment in Matthew Broderick's scientist character with her and there was just that, like by the time he puts his arm around her at the end of the movie I was like oh no 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 yeah. please god no like I All would right. rather watch him like like just stare solemnly at Godzilla recognizing the terror of what we have done killing this unprecedented creature I don't buy for a fucking second that he's arm in arm walking off with Audrey into the sunset of this movie no yeah and and uh, you know I feel like it, Godzilla. I feel like it's another Harambe, like you know, <laughs> uh-huh. like j- justice for Godzilla. Godzilla mm-hmm. like Cecil the Lion. You know what I mean? We yep. never talk about Cecil anymore, but shout out to my G. You yeah, know what I mean? You're absolutely they, right. They, they put Cecil down for no reason. Uh, but I will say that um, the movie did kind of the one thing that I did enjoy about watching it again. What it did, it did take me back, man. Oh yeah, and, I mean that's the benefit. It's the time yeah. capsule of it is the its yeah. greatest strength. Yeah, it did take me back. It took me back to like number one. It took me back to it's weird at this time rewatching a movie that you saw in the theater. But mm-hmm. it took me back to going to the theater mm-hmm. and just how right. much I miss. I would watch the biggest dumbest movie right now. <laughs> yes, right now man, it just so <laughs> yeah. so it, it, it wasn't a it wasn't a total loss. And look, I want to be the rolling immigrant guy. I want to do, I know you guys have done more immigrant movies. I, I want to do, I, I'm obsessed with this career. I'm obsessed <laughs> with a dude who just fucking made a, a, a hundred million dollars just blowing shit up on screen. And, <laughs> and so, and so it, it's very much got his DNA in there, but. I, it's it's yeah. I, I'm still fascinated that a director that a movie uh, of this level was not a success, and he kind of bounced back from it and went on to to make bigger and to be honest, more successful films after it. I mean, he made The Patriot right after this. That's well, that's what got him back. Like he that helped get him back, probably. Yeah, he made The Patriot yeah. Day After Tomorrow, then Ten Thousand BC. My God, right. then Twenty Twelve. Yeah, the, the- what. A stretch in the wake of Godzilla. The Patriot I mean, movie, is legitimately a good movie, though. The Patriot, yes, I love yeah. that fucking movie. I yeah. will cry every time I watch that movie. Important question: What does Mel Gibson outrun in that film? Does he just outrun muskets? Like, what's the what's the thing that he outruns? Because this is uh, the grief of losing a child. Oh, okay. So it's more <laughs> psychological <laughs> outrunning that. I was yeah, really, I mean, he's, he's, outrunning, he's outrunning the British. He's outrunning the British. Okay. Because I was really excited in this one that we got old man outrunning water. That was what we got yeah. for that for is the, a really for good the Emmerich Hallmark. Yeah. 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 Mel Gibson is such a fucking savage in that movie. 
And he's just like, what a fucking dick. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, really? What a, how? Fuck you, man. Fuck you, man. You gave what us, you, we had dick. so much, and then you ruined it, you like, piece of shit. All he had dick. to do was just keep fighting the British at various points in time through history, and we would have loved him. Bare yeah. fucking minimum. We all would have agreed. Like, yeah, just keep fighting the Brit. You want to do 1812 next? Go for it, man. We don't care. <laughs> but nope, he had to go and use slurs. Got drunk yeah. in moon shadows and fucking fucked up Martin Riggs for me. Yeah. <laughs> now, do we like it's it's funny, like with this movie talking about it, because you can talk about the substance of it pretty efficiently because there's so much extra that it's like, well, we've covered really what there is to cover about Godzilla because a lot of it is just like middle. I will say one thing about Godzilla that it is again, as a a testament to the end of the nineties, the nineties really respected redheaded actresses in a way that I wish we could get back to. And I, yes, mm -hmm. it was a thing. God damn right. As as a ginger, no one is allowed to be redhead in Hollywood right now. It's insane. Everyone who you think is a redhead is a blonde and it drives me insane. Is Mm -hmm. actually a blonde. That is completely true. We get, we get the, the lady scientist in this. Who's a red, who's like the plucky redhead. From news radio. Very news radio. radio. Just randomly horny. I respected that they just threw in a <laughs> horny character and we're just like, we're just going to let it ride. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Just, yes. just, just like, he's like, hey, this guy is the most brilliant scientist in the fucking world. He's like, Reed Richards. <laughs> and she's like, I want to fuck. You know what? <laughs> like, it was just straight up. It was out of nowhere. It's the first thing she says to him, you got a girlfriend? I'm like, yo, man. This guy's <laughs> Like, I mean, you, I, you know what you're here for right now. Matthew right. Broderick is cute, but he's never, there is no woman on the planet who looks him up and down and is like, that's a snack. I mean, I, this I movie says otherwise. This movie begs to differ uh, in that way. Like, his, his, his like sexual magnetism is a key part. She like the ex-girlfriend, she fully ran away from him, possibly under some sort of duress. And she sees him on TV and she's like, oh, wow, Nathan sure is looking good. It's like, you ran, you, you run away, brided him. You like sleeping yeah. with the enemy, this man. For sure. And now you're like, wow, he looks so good on TV. And then the redheaded scientist sees him and is like, my fucking genetic instinct to procreate with you has overwhelmed me. You're so beautiful. It was like, I mean, I guess like, again, the nineties, the nineties, Jeff Goldblum I as would, the fucking well, no, Jeff chaostician. Gold, no, Jeff Goldblum's a whole other thing. Like, Jeff Goldblum, that's just... Because that goes back to the fly. That goes back oh, to sure. Earth Girls Are Easy. He is a babe. He's a weird-looking right. babe. My, my mother would lose <laughs> her shit. Yo, this was so fucking funny, man. I wish I could get her on the phone. My mother <laughs> would lose her shit. Do you guys remember that movie, Vibes? Did you ever see that? Uh, yes. Yes, I my house loved vibes. <laughs> okay. I didn't understand until probably a few years ago that not ever that people thought but people think vibes is bad. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Cindy Lauper and Peter Falk and Jeff Goldblum. What do you mean we don't like <laughs> vibes? So, like, you guys, we're we're family I'm, I'm, <laughs> because because as kids. Me and my sister would watch that movie over and over and over again. We had the VHS for sure. There was a whole psychic movie wave with vibes, Mm -hmm. and then there was Second Sight, 
And then there was all of these movies that. Oh that, my God! That, Second Sight with Balky. With Balky in it. Oh and my John God! Larry I love Second Sight. John Larry Cat. John Larry Cat. Second Sight, and like all of these movies that come out. So, uh, like my mother, my mother. The thing about my mother is that if my mother was really into somebody, <laughs> she could not help it. It didn't happen very often, <laughs> but but like it, it was it was always cool to watch my dad because we're watching vibes. And my mother, my mother goes, I'm sorry. There is just a something about that man right there. My dad is like, what is wrong with you? She loves. And it, and actually it hit its peak. Oh, it hit baby. its peak when he played the doctor in, uh, in, in Jurassic Park. Right. Because. He was, oh, he was on the fly and all of that stuff happened. But then Jurassic Park, he came through with the black leather jacket and the, the shades yeah. and the whole nine. It was like he started to get it. She loves him. But I feel like a lot of ladies did. I feel like a lot of ladies did in the 80s, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. and that and that that the shirtless on the table moment of Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. It's is a is a great moment in 90s thirst. Completely. Yeah, right. They just greased, greased him up and let that nerd oh lie God. there and breathe heavily. So perfect. So oiled. But, but, so very oiled. But what's his face? Um, uh, Matthew Broderick was kind of always an everyman in the movie. Yeah, yeah. He was kind of always the guys in... Um, he was kind of always a guy in the movie that... The circumstances seemed like they were too much for besides Ferris, who could do whatever he wanted to. The right, right. Like the, like the circumstances always seemed that they were too much for him until mm-hmm. the end. Like in the Freshman or any or, 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 or all of those movies, yeah. or War Games, yeah, all, yeah, or, yeah. All, or, or, all of these movies, and, and like he would, he would, he would, he would, he would figure it out at the end. And in this one, it kind of didn't work. Mm-hmm. He, the, the good guy I'm in over my head thing, it worked kind of, but mm-hmm. but not as much. You needed maybe a little bit more here. Do we do we feel like we're like do we feel like we've done what we need to do with the reality index portion of the film before and do we feel like we're ready to move on to what Godzilla was really about? I do. And I we have- will do that after a word from our treasured sponsor. I'm gonna kick it off. Folks do you love movies? Do you spend your days thinking about how much you love to watch them? The good ones, even the bad ones everyone told you not to like. It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their lives to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the cinematic achievement that is the 2000, uh, 2001 classic Josie and the Pussycats, to comfy sweatshirts that serve as a call to arms for all those in support of making Judy Greer America's lead. They mm-hmm. even have pins of some of your favorite directors like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and to filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks, and they ship with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. That's S-U-P-E-R-Y-A-K-I.com. Let's watch more movies. And of course, use promo code DISASTERDIVA, all caps, one word, Disaster Diva, to get amazing gear like my baseball shirt that says, let Diego Luna touch Yaba, which I am wearing currently, <laughs> and it is so comfortable. 
Yes, cosine, cosine all the way. And so now we fling ourselves into the what was this movie really about? And with so much lag time, uh, sort of miring, so much noise burying the signal. Uh, Amanda, Van, do you guys want to start, uh, kick off what this movie was really about? Van, do it. Uh, I mean, to me, the movie was about the failure of anyone to really understand anything. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Uh, it, it 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 seemed that it was about dysfunction. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It had very little to do with the dragon or the lizard, the kaiju, whatever the fuck uh, uh, Godzilla is. It had uh-huh. nothing to do with Godzilla. Yeah, nothing to do with Godzilla. Godzilla walked into the living room when the family was fighting. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Yes, completely. Yeah. <sighs> nothing to do with Godzilla. <clears throat> you normally in a film like the Godzilla movie. Is Godzilla comes and then everybody bands together. Mm-hmm. Humanity says we gotta stop Godzilla. Not this time. Mm-hmm. It only made the divisions mm-hmm. deeper. <laughs> everybody's com- everybody's all confused. So it's really about the dysfunction of the people and nothing to do. It's not a monster movie at all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like in in any way, you never feel any yeah. fear. You never. The film almost has a Disney kind of feel it feels that is mm-hmm. true like weirdly lighthearted. it's feel it's almost quaint it's mm-hmm. yeah like, and, and not in like because it's the 90s kind of way but in just like a in like a like kind of like pushing your finger into like yeah. the side of your cheek when you're smiling and like it's just yeah. it's kind of like just weirdly flat and saccharine the movie feels rubbery it feels like everything just the it feels like everything will bounce off the edges of the film itself does that make <laughs> right. sense as like a, a yes. way to describe I, something? I get that yeah yes, right. I feel and, that. and so what I feel like the uh, the movie really is about is like you know people talking past each other like mm-hmm. he tells her to do something she doesn't it's not the right thing to do but you have John Renault John Re- 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 not fucking his name up He's in there as a French James Bond, being yeah. all like secretive and nobody's working together. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. the, the movie really is about more hu- human dysfunction than it mm-hmm. is about a supernatural huge menace of a creature. Yes, mm-hmm. and you know I think that I'm gonna. I, I think the prevailing message for me of this movie is might is not right because mm. what we see is that. We see the we see the American military has mobilized its forces to, you know, overwhelm this creature with its power. And what it ends up doing, and again, is literally remarked upon in the movie, is fucking up the city far more than the monster itself does. Like if you took if you put the bill on the damage at the end of this movie that New York was gonna have to like foot for everything that happened. The majority of that would be an easy credit to the United States Army because they just blow shit up trying to pursue something they have deemed an enemy when that enemy is simply trying to run for its own life and live according to its own genetic mandate. Mm -hmm. And if we hadn't like fucked its life up in the first place, we wouldn't even be in this position. So it it is an emphasis on hardware power where i think a a soft power approach would have been uh superior in this case and so you know i think it comes down to like that that fetishization of the department of defense budget and the pentagon budget that in that eats up 
vital other parts of our budget every year, including things like science investment and research and education. And this is just a movie that demonstrates to you why that is a completely short-term planning and is a really fucking stupid thing to do. Yeah. Mm, amazing. Well said. Amanda? So uh, the short version is of what I, I think. There's two things I think this movie is about. One is uh-huh. the only thing I remembered from it from the first time still holds true. This is a movie about... Godzilla, who just wants to fuck Matthew Broderick and wants him to be <laughs> like Godzilla was betrayed specifically in that moment when Godzilla comes back after we all think Godzilla's dead and Godzilla comes back and is like, oh, all my babies are dead and then sees that Matthew Broderick oh, did it. And she yeah. is just like that. You could have been the father. Like <laughs> Matthew Broderick could have been the dad raising a hundred little baby Godzillas as mm-hmm. like the weird king dad. But instead, he went and killed them all. Um, and the last moment, that last look between the two of them as, God's, as Godzilla dies is that of like a scorned, spurned lover. That is, mm. that is Glenn Close dying at the end of Fatal Attraction. Like, or, <laughs> right. Was it Fatal Attraction or, or the other one? Yeah. Yeah. Fatal oh, Attraction. Fatal Attraction. Okay, sure. good. And, I, mm-hmm. and I'm saying it, by the way, it's probably double to Godzilla mm-hmm. because, you know, Matthew Broderick is over here cozying up to some That's shit. That's true. That mm. not only, think about how scoring Godzilla is, that not only left him at the altar, basically, but also stole <laughs> yeah. his tape and put him, Matthew Broderick is a fucking simp in this. Stole yeah, his yeah, tape yeah. and put, had him, had the whole room. That's a funny scene. That's the best scene yeah. in the movie scene. When, when, mm-hmm. when that shit gets aired out in the press and then the whole room just looks at him, that, that was a well done scene. That is a great yeah. scene. That she, is a great scene. Yeah. just betrayed Godzilla thing- and went with this b- the black widow of a chick. Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Like, you know, and I, I feel for Godzilla because as a girl who through, all through high school was always like, oh, he always ends up liking the blonde girls instead of the loud, stomp- um. instead of the loud stompy one who doesn't quite fit in. Like, I get it and right. I feel for Lady Godzilla who he, we have, he kept calling a he even after having definitive proof that Godzilla might not have the assigned gender that he assumed because fucking, they don't even have external, I looked it up, iguanas don't have external genitalia. So, oh, okay. Oh, wow. He was like, oh, Godzilla's pregnant, it's still a he. And I'm like, God, that's a little presumptuous, Matthew Broderick. But anyway, (laughs) the other thing, the deeper thing I would argue is I think that this movie also, as much as he, as Roland Emmerich tried to take it away from being about, um, nuclear fears. I do mm-hmm. think that you could really argue that this movie is about how nuclear bombs created our our. Let me find the right way to say this. Our subsequent reaction to the existence of nuclear power has mm-hmm. only served to compound the problems that were created by nuclear power. That sure, now yeah. we try to that now we try to control it. That now we try to monitor who has it and who doesn't. That now we try that we are constantly on the brink of war because countries like North Korea and Iran are trying to get nuclear bombs, all of those things. Much like that, the American military in trying to stop Godzilla just creates bigger fucking problems in New York and destroys things and knocks things down and causes death and damage Mm -hmm. and doesn't even do its job well. And it kind of is through a fluke at the end that they stop Godzilla and they don't really stop Godzilla because there's still one egg left because we need a sequel. In that right. same way, <laughs> in that same way, the America, America's response and the world and humanity's response to who can and cannot have nuclear weapons, how nuclear weapons can be used, when they can be used, is just as destructive as the nuclear bombs themselves. 
So that is very the other true. thing I would argue that this movie is about is it's actually very quietly about the dangers of the nuclear bomb without meaning yeah. to be. So good job, Roland Emmerich. Well, considering as we discovered with Liam that uh, Independence Day is about the end of humanity as yeah. we know it and civilization generally, I think this is a very worthy follow-up theme to that film. Roland Emmerich, yeah. you know, he's a philosopher without realizing it, guys. <laughs> but, you, but you know what, though? In these, in these films... He, because you know, we talked, we did the day after tomorrow, and at the end of the film, there's actually a moment that is pretty philosophically, yes, uh, powerful <laughs> when everyone has to relocate south uh, because that's the only place where it's warm. Because really, it's us yep. here in the United States that are using up uh, more than our fair share of the world's resources, mm-hmm. and leaving a gigantic carbon footprint, and all of those, and we're shitting on other nations and saying <laughs> they're not as good as we are when really we're fucking up the world. So uh, not to yeah. get too political, but they, he always digs a moment out. He always digs a, he always digs yeah. a moment out. Like, there's always something there. Wiley Rowling. Well, and you're like definitely with the way that like the, the ending of Godzilla is not, I would like, there, I, I like to take, you know, just, I don't have many questions for Roland Emmerich. Like, I'm just going to let him do his thing. I would like to know how he feels about the end of Godzilla and whether or not it's a tragedy. Because it's really sad watching the dinosaur writhe Mm -hmm. in pain as those bombs... Like, what the missile hits on Godzilla are so vivid. Because it's not just like they explode. You, like, see and kind of hear with the Foley. It's like the body is absorbing the bombs before they blow up. So they're, like, blowing up internally inside of Godzilla. And it's really fucking grisly. And they're, you know, you have Matthew Broderick looking sort of thoughtfully at Godzilla as the as the eye closes and and he and it finally dies. It's really it's not played as like a triumphant moment in camera. So I would be right. curious to know what he thinks of this movie as far as like victory or like heroism or tragedy at the end of it. Because given like how much disdain he clearly has for like American iconography and the way he does work those moments into the end of his movies, my suspicion is that he was like no, this is like, you know, we'll con you into cheering because it's a disaster movie and that's fun. But actually, I would like for this to be a moment for you to take pause and shed a tear. So Devin Devlin, who is his producing partner on this, he actually, when asked about this film, argues that the reason Mm. that it flopped, um, and I would disagree about his assessment, but it's because (laughs) he says it flopped because Godzilla wasn't good or bad. He was just a lizard. And so it didn't give anybody to root for or against. Which is true. Yeah, it is I, true I that Godzilla is just why the movie flop, but that is accurate. All yeah, the same. it is accurate. It's just not why the movie flopped because the arg- the counter argument to that is Shin Godzilla does. It's just a lizard very well, and yes. this movie does yes. not. But I would argue that he probably they would probably say that like yeah, it is. You are supposed to be a little sad because of the fact that to them this was just a lizard. Yeah. Yeah. So and I I think that's a a fair thing to say, but you know I I also think that. In a movie like this, we, we talked about it already. So Godzilla doesn't really even do anything to anybody, you know? Yeah. I no. mean, there's, it, it's like it, <clears throat> it, 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 there are other films, for example, Jurassic Park. Well, the T-Rex, I once wrote a very long paper about how uh, about movie <laughs> antiheroes. And mm-hmm. I wrote a paper about mm-hmm. how one of the biggest antiheroes in the mo- in film is the T-Rex. Because the T Rex actually right. saves yeah, yeah. That, yes, the that T- is absolutely tr- the T Rex yeah. saves the day, but also the T Rex mm-hmm. ate a human being, and it, yeah. like mm-hmm. the two the T Rex killed 
like they, they killed. And and so in this movie, it, uh, really, I didn't feel any fear or I didn't feel any happiness when Godzilla died because there was really no reason to. Like it was, no. it, it's like that movie when Big Bird lost his way home. Like you were just hoping that Big Bird. Like, <laughs> oh, remember no. that movie? Remember that joint? Remember that joint? Follow that bird. I used yep. to cry. <laughs> yep. I couldn't take oh, follow stop. that bird. I couldn't take follow <laughs> that bird. Big Bird was so fucking sad, but then he found his way home. So and lonely. Yeah. So lonely out there in misadventures. Follow that bird. But like that's kind of what I felt like when I was watching this. I was like, yo, man. Is somebody uh, gonna try to help Godzilla yeah. before they blow right? him up? No. <laughs> yeah, can we just rewrite him elsewhere? Godzilla Godzilla just wants friends. Right. You know? Well, and that's and that is that is the that is eminently why why I did buy into 2014 Godzilla in the end because of that amazing Chiron at the end where it's like Godzilla king of the monsters question mark and it's yeah. like hero or like villain or savior and it presents right. the question of like mm-hmm. oh well like and not, the movie handled it like that the entire time but it like that it doesn't end agnostic really on Godzilla that it ends with us having to question like oh this is a god on earth do we pray to him now like i like that the movie did that and i i fucking love Godzilla King of the Monsters and the fact that we enter that movie for like we buy into that movie being like he's coming back he's coming back and he's gonna save us like it makes that movie WCW it makes that movie Wrestlemania you are just like you're there for the battle royale of Godzilla v every other kaiju and when they bow to him at the end because he's defeated King Ghidorah that is the shit you have it's come amazing. to see. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. amazing. It's amazing. And Mo- I cry when Mothra dies. I cry when Mothra dies after she shows up to save Godzilla, queen of the monsters, Mothra. Like that movie, like it It was, I get that the 2014 was just doing something different a little bit narratively, but it teases, it gives you the setup for king of the monsters. And I'm so hyped for Godzilla v. Kong because I'm ready to see more fucking giant monster fights. See, my, my thing about Godzilla versus Kong is I'm not sure who I want to win. I fucking I don't Kong. know. No. I don't know. I don't know how people have already picked a side. You can't me pick Kong, a side. Me and Kong go way back. There's so mm-hmm. many different reasons. Uh-huh. I've seen Kong so much. Then it was Donkey Kong Country. I know it's not the same guy, but it's like, but it's sure. like, yeah. It's it's Kong esque, you know. And yes. there's Donkey Kong and they're then there's cousins. Diddy Kong. They're Kong. They're cousins. They probably, you yeah. know, they go to the same family reunion. But <laughs> and, but, and also, yeah. that's a great trailer. That's something to go watch. Like that's something yeah. to actually mm-hmm. go watch. You go watch. You know, it looks like I'm gonna be doing it in here in my living room. But still, that's something to go watch. <laughs> that's something that's amazing. So I'm super duper psyched. For that super film, psyched. super psyched for that movie. So do we? Do we feel set? Do we have dream? Do each of us have dream casting options for Godzilla '98? Yeah. Oh, I'm ready. All right. You want to go, Amanda? You want to kick it off? Yeah. All right. Okay. So first of all, I feel like you just pulled out a notebook. I d- I'm so excited about this. So first okay, of all, um, Jan Devant is the director because oh, okay. he was yeah. original. <laughs> wow. He was that's a, a good one. 
that well, makes okay, a so ton guys, of sense. This is not my doing. He was originally supposed to direct this before Roland Emmerich did. There were they. He right. left over a an issue of like a creative difference issue, which I assume is that he wanted to make an actual Godzilla and subject the actors <laughs> to it, right? Because that's what Jan Devant does. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But yeah, fuck yeah, I want that. So Nick. He's going to be a hot dork. He's so hot that everyone wants to fuck him, even Godzilla. You know who that's got to be? Oh. Hot dork Sterling K. Brown. Oh, wow. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. He I would totally. That. Like doing, yeah. doing the this is us sort of like nerdy, but also he takes off his shirt and you're like, oh, shit. Um, yeah. Okay. Opposite him. Super Yaki wants to make her America's lead. I do too. Judy fucking Greer with the curl. Judy Greer. I love it. Judy Greer (laughs) is going to get her leading lady moment. Of course, they're both like in their 40s, so it's not as weird. She, you know, they broke up in college. They've gone their separate ways. There's not going to be the little subplot about her like stealing tapes. And, you know, she's like an established news anchor at this point. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that's going to be her thing. And then, of course, Mm -hmm. so Animal, it's going to be Michael Pena. So Hank Azaria, yeah. There's He's also- got that great frenetic energy for that. Yeah. Like if anybody's going to go grabbing a camera and running toward Godzilla, I want it to be Michael Pena. And sure. There will be like significantly fewer slurs yelled by him and his girlfriend in this film. My God. Um, Secret Service guy, Vincent Cassell. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Wow. Okay, we're making this like a psychological thriller. I mean, look, if he can do underwater, then he can do this, is my feeling. No, I mean, he played Satan in a movie called Satan. Like, he's got it. Like, Vincent Cassell's got it. But I, you know, I want him to be the French Secret Service guy, but we are keeping it as the French. Mm -hmm. That's important. I think it's really important that the French stay responsible for Godzilla. That's a great idea. And then uh, Keith David will be the head of the army. That's dope. So, like, oh, good. He's going to be, Keith David's going to be the one bossing everyone around, barking orders, going up against, uh-huh. he will at one point go, like, stare down Kate. He'll be like, I have to get onto that island. And he'll get onto the island and he'll have a moment with Godzilla. Like, we're not keeping him a remote in Jersey. He's going to be on the, yeah. he's going to be on the ground in this. And I want Keith David. Okay, good. Yeah. I want Keith David, like, at one point surrounded by baby Godzillas. Okay, cool. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I made it kind of a send up. Okay. 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 So I'm giving the lead to Martin Lawrence. Okay. <laughs> All right. Is this okay. is this 90s Martin Lawrence or is this current Martin Lawrence? It's 90s Martin Lawrence, but okay, we're getting it. towards life. So okay. he's going to be funny, but yeah. not slapstick funny. All right. Okay. He's, uh, he's okay. going to be, okay. don't, don't get me wrong. He's going to be funny, mm-hmm. but he's not going to be yeah. like totally slapstick funny. Yeah. All right. For the girl, yeah. the lead, I'm gonna go with Sandra Bullock. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. Ooh, like, I, okay. Like, be, because I think I, at this point she's a big star, but she's still you can still get her because this is oh, pre yeah. this is pre Miss mm-hmm. Congeniality, right? And like post Speed, so this is post kind of speed. a perfect sweet spot for her mm-hmm. for that actually. Perfect, perfect thing. And we're gonna do the same deal, mm-hmm. uh, except we're gonna change the dynamic. A little bit. I already talked about who I was going to recast French guy with. That's uh, that's Gerard Depardieu. Yep. Okay? Yep. I like that. I'm going to mm-hmm. go younger. Younger. What? 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 Uh, what era was this movie filmed in? Like what? Like what era? Like what? Like how? Like how? How? It's probably filmed in '97, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I would assume '97. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going younger. With the Hank mm-hmm. Azaria part. They're not married anymore. I'm changing mm-hmm. the script. I'm um, giving that to Tobey Maguire. 
young. Oh, oh wow. Okay. I hope Ooh. he dies. <laughs> 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 I am incapable of empathizing with Tobey Maguire on a screen. I cannot do it. I have no Hell opinion yeah. on Tobey Maguire as a person, as an actor. People talk about like the the Tobey Spider-Mans. I'm like, yes, they're oh, good Raimi movies that I want to never watch again because I <laughs> fucking hate well, that Peter Parker. It, 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 it should, it should, it should, uh, you should be happy to know he's apparently a huge fucking dick. Yeah, Jordan, you don't have a problem with him as a person, just as an actor, because I got news for you. I got some <laughs> stuff to tell you. Yeah, right, he's probably right. a huge fucking dick. If you read, if you listen to Molly Bloom, he's one of the worst. I was gonna assholes. say, I know he was like player X in the card game, and I can completely see that. Right, right. So he's probably a huge asshole, but that that's really all I got. Like I came up with okay. that, I wanted to make it a rainbow coalition of of sort of a uh-huh. deal, but that's 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 really all I got right there. I okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I like Broderick in this lead, but I'm gonna I'm gonna change it anyway. I'm gonna make I'm gonna go with I'm gonna put a pairing together that I deeply love from the '90s that I think had tremendous chemistry in one of my most favorite underrated romantic comedies for Love or Money. So we are going to make it Michael J. Fox oh, okay, wow, so is going to be the scientist. I'm and so the in. journalist is going to be Gabriel Anwar. That's so Who good. is the love interest who plays Andy in For Love or Money. I love that movie. And I love that God, movie. I love that fucking movie love so that movie. much. Yeah. And I thought like when I was little, I thought she was like, the most beautiful person I'd ever seen. She I was. was like, oh my she God. She was fucking she's a, fantastic. Yeah. This fucking like princess girl. And so they're the lead. They're going to be the two leads. I'm going to make um, Jean Renault's character. You were totally right about Jabar, Gerard Depardieu. I will sidestep that and I will go with, I will make it a bit more of like the sort of sexy spy French character. And we're uh-huh. going to go with Emmanuel, Emmanuel Bear. Oh, I love From her. the first mission impossible. Mm-hmm. Like, the duplicit. Oh God, she's so good at me, and she kind of looks like French Gabrielle Anwar. So there's like a mirroring yeah. thing going on mm-hmm. there. Um, and then, um, did I have more for that? Those were the ones that I was really excited about. Oh, and we're gonna make we're gonna keep Hank Azaria, but we're gonna make his wife Debbie Mazar. Oh, I, I, I love yeah, Debbie. I love that. We're going to like ratchet up the mm-hmm. intensity of that character and we're going to make her Debbie Mazar. Great. That was actually the relationship I was most invested in the, in that movie. I thought the bit where he goes home and he's in his house and it's filled with 60 people and she's like, well, they didn't have anywhere to go. I was like, oh. I love this Italian neighborhood moment right now. This is true. just like people walking around on their cell phones in his house, not giving a goddamn about him because he's there. That was a great moment. Yeah. But yeah, those are my those are my dream casting options. You you had me immediately with Michael J. Fox because he was my first crush. And honestly, That's... I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in the directorial hands of Joel Schumacher. Oh my god. And we're going full 90s Batman. Godzilla's gonna That's... going Godzilla's gonna have nipples. Godzilla's gonna have a great ass. Oh like, my god. This is <laughs> this is gonna it's gonna be like gothic architecture. It's gonna be bisexual lighting. There are going to be buildings that are just holding up like worlds like it's gonna be pure batman and robin vibes and i cannot like we're gonna we'll find a part for fucking alicia silverstone we'll put her in here too oh, absolutely because we're oh, going wow. we're going full 90s in this yeah. one huge huge 90s deal 
huge 90s deal. And, you know, he had the rare respect for her to not cast her as a Lolita character, despite everybody else casting her as that in the 1990s. So that is my that is my gay gothic Godzilla. I love it. Love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think that's, I think uh, that sounds like a lot of fun to me. Yeah. So guys, how many towering infernos are we giving this, this fairly controversial Godzilla? (laughs) It's, it's two for me. It's two. Like, you know, sometimes the, the monster can pull you a little higher if it's really good or the amount of disaster can pull you higher, but the Godzilla is just a, it's a bit, he's a big lizard. He's just a dinosaur in this. So yeah. I, it's, there's too much lag time. There are things I like about it. I'm not like a resentful two, but there's just such little enthusiasm around this for me. I've just got to go too. Yeah. It's two for me too. Um, and I think that's, that's probably the most adequate rating because it's not, there's just no, there are no stakes. It's a disaster yeah. movie with no stakes and mm-hmm. that, that, that'll bring you down every single time. Yep. Yep, you can't be bored in a disaster movie. You can't uh-huh. not know what you're rooting for in a disaster really movie. Uh, yeah, I'm going, I, I mean, like, I want to do two and a half because I love all, like, I love, in spite of myself, all the Madison Square Garden stuff because <laughs> it's so bad. Uh-huh. It's so. I mean, it's deeply committed. It's so committed to its awfulness that I really kind of love it because of that. But then I'm like, no, this is, this is the kind of shit where I'd be like, no, you have to watch this. You have to watch it just to see the uh-huh. Madison Square Garden scenes. And then I would spend <laughs> an hour and 40 minutes mortified that I had made right. someone I love and care about watch this film. So it does have to, I have to do two as well, just because like, gumball dinosaurs with gumballs and then like a weird conference hall scene where all of the godzillas are distracted and scared by falling light fixtures it's just oh my god (laughs) the falling light i mean and just like dead shot dead shot jean renault yeah dropping these chandeliers that scares the big lizards away that's it that's and 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 parts them but then they don't follow yeah. As as awful and I I can't I can't give it more than two. So yeah, I'm right there with yeah. you guys. Oh god, it's I want to. It's a consensus too. I think yeah. that feels really right yeah. for this. And we yeah. are we are a crowd that loves these movies. We root for these movies to be better than they are. I mm-hmm. think the I think the fa- the fact of the matter is that the, we root for these movies, and this is why it has a two. I yeah, think the two exactly. is the two is from the the connoisseurs, the lovers of these type <laughs> yeah. of big bad films. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This is one of thrilled. I'm thrilled you have heard that there's another there's there's another for lover money fan out there. That movie is so I love cool. it. I love I, every I, it's not a Michael J. Fox movie I don't really dig. <laughs> Good. Oh, yeah. Good. True. Yeah, my brother is Amanda. actually so I was so originally I was I got distracted thinking about Michael J. Fox again. My brother is actually named after him because of the fact oh, that I was is that is oh, Alex's is named after Oh, Alex P. Keaton. Alex P. Keaton. I named my brother after Alex P. Keaton, basically. Wow. We, we, need, we don't okay. talk we, enough about family ties. We do not. You're right. It, You're right about that. We need we need more family ties rewatches. We need we need more pop music that shouts out family ties. Very true. <laughs> Thank you, LFO. <laughs> but uh, what I was I was gonna say shit. Now I don't remember because I got totally distracted by Michael J. Fox. Oh, <laughs> this movie is a very good argument for why some DVDs you should be allowed to make your own edit. I think that, oh yes, yeah, like, very true. I I remember I walked out of seeing uh, Peter Jackson's. Um, King Kong and I was like this mm-hmm. movie would be so good if I could get a DVD and just make my own edit and then watch that edit whenever I wanted to I would be down for that with this movie too like if we if we could sit there if the three of us could create the perfect Godzilla cut <laughs> we could probably fix the hell out of this movie because the potential is there I think we there. definitely could 
Yeah. I, mean, I think we definitely could because there's a good movie in there somewhere. There is. There is. There is. Yeah. We can pull this now, out to a three and a half. Have you seen Shin Godzilla? I, yes. I just love that movie so much. That right. is a goddamn mm-hmm. Godzilla movie right there. Well, I dig Godzilla movies. Yeah. yeah. It's hard not to, to get me not to like one. I dig Godzilla movies. It's just, you know, this one right here is just, it's a little. Lighten the trousers, baby. (laughs) (laughs) What's not to love about giant lizard? Like, that's just, that's a concept that wins. Like, you can't. Yeah, that's a concept that wins. Yeah. (laughs) Amanda, do we do, we do Pacific Rim on this podcast, right? Like, that's eligible. We could totally do Pacific Rim on this podcast. My God, I cannot wait for someone to choose that. (laughs) I really want to talk about that kaiju movie. Um, But okay, then, uh, that brings us to what the next chapter would be. Uh, we have to sort out exactly what we're going to do next week, but, and you don't have to stick around for that, band because we need to talk about what we're going to do. But I guess then would you like to, you know, if you would like to sign off, would you like to tell the people where to find you? Yeah. Do you have any, yes. any do you have any um, shortlisted films currently that you want to promote? <laughs> hey, maybe. Uh, yeah. Um, so obviously you can find me every Tuesdays and every Friday uh, with the amazingly talented Rachel Lindsay on Higher Learning on Re- Higher Learning on the Ringer Network, but also, mm-hmm. uh, what is this podcast coming out? Uh, this will be probably Thursday. Okay, so it, it, it we will know this coming Monday oh, whether or not the short film that I produce with my partners at Six Feet Over is nominated for an Academy Award. Fuck. Whoa. Which Whoa. is awesome. the weirdest place to be in <laughs> in life. It's such a peculiar thing. Tra- shout out to Trayvon yeah. Free, mm-hmm. the writer and director of it. My partner is uh, Six Feet Under, Jesse Williams. Diddy is one of the producers on this who, who was wow. on the okay. soundtrack. Of speaking of, um, yeah, speaking come with of, me. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, it's the name of the movie is Two Dishes Strangers, uh, and you know, uh, this coming Monday they'll announce the nominees, and we may or may not be one of them. <laughs> Everybody send, I, I mean, send those good I'm vibes into the universe. Fight the entire academy if you are not, just to let you know. Like, just I'm well, I'm gonna fully brawl them. Just line them up. I mean, last year's winner, Matthew Cherry, like he posted the day yeah. after the day he won. Like he he retweeted his own tweet. I'm gonna win an Academy Award. Yeah. And in in his in his case now is his best short Oscar for hair love. So yeah. manifesting fucking works is what I'm saying. It does work. It does work. And we we really had high hopes uh for the short when we got together and <clears> hit it. And it's just been a, an incredible experience, man. It's so weird to to be in that type of situation. So we're putting all <laughs> we're putting all the good energy out there. You know, putting all the good well, energy. Congratulations on the shortlisting. Thank congratulations you. Yeah. on the shortlisting. So that much. is tremendous. Yeah. That yeah. is tremendous. there are there the the landscape of shorts is so vast. There is so much good stuff out there. And to break through that many layers of access and notice to get shortlisted mm-hmm. is incredible. Yeah. So congratulations on that alone. Regardless of anything else that happens, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Thank He's going to win an so Oscar. Thank, thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you so much. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. And it's always yeah. good to, to to talk movies with you guys. If you guys have another Royal and Emmerich movie, <laughs> I would love to come back. 
Stay oh, yeah. I mean, I will, I'll, I'll talk to Amanda how she feels about Stargate and uh, as that oh, being wow. a disaster movie. <laughs> it was definitely a disaster. Please. I mean, look, if it, it honestly, if it gets Van back, whatever, I'll, I'll, <laughs> any number of alien movies, I don't fucking like. Yeah, that's what I was gonna fine. say. I, We're gonna have I, to I really will. take advantage of that and get an alien movie. Yeah, I will. I will deal with my emotional trauma and weird, stupid fears if it means that we get Van back yelling about things with us because that's always the best. So, Jordan, you know what we're doing for next weekend for Kongzilla Month? What is it that we are doing? We are going to be doing something that is not a Kong or Godzilla movie at all, but would not exist without it. <laughs> without Kong and Godzilla, we would not have the classic Rampage. It's true. This is a progeny yeah. of the existence of King Kong and Godzilla. And I think it's important to acknowledge the cultural impact of these two creatures on the cinema and video game landscape. Yes. So yeah, it, we, we wouldn't, I mean, this is a movie about a giant gorilla beating up a giant lizard creature. So, and of course, while also being both of them, I assume being beaten up by the rock, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to play out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the rock seems firmly on the side of the gorilla from what I'm gathering. The rock. Well, that's good. It seems like yeah. they're a partnership. Okay. So the rock can mind control the gorilla. Got it. Cool. So that is viewable. (laughs) That is viewable uh, for rent on Amazon, Google Play, Vudu. It might be on HBO Max. It might not be. I couldn't get a firm answer on that, but it's streamable in many places. (laughs) So we'll be watching that next weekend, next week. And Jordan, one more more quick thing. We've got a really exciting, we have a new review. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. What is it? What What do the people have to say? Uh, I should have pulled it up sooner. Picture it. (laughs) Yes, that would have been fun to have on deck. Picture it. A Denny's at 2 a.m. after, and I assume it says like watching a movie. This is from Monkey Sean 89. Mm -hmm. If you miss that feeling of joy you got from sitting (laughs) at a Denny's or some other comparable late night establishment, arguing and debating the complexities Mm. and reality of whatever disaster film you just saw with a group of friends, then this is the podcast for you. Jordan and Amanda's friendship is felt (laughs) as they debate, discuss, and ramble in the best way possible about disaster movies from all across the spectrum. (laughs) As me and Jason gang up on Amanda. That also happens. I I don't like that aspect of the friendship as much, I'll be honest. I don't like being outvoted. (laughs) Are you sure? Uh, (laughs) You have your newbies like Underwater to your classics like Avalanche, and they are all lovingly dissected alongside the lesser-known hot take like Airplane vs. Volcano or Stonado. Each episode is lovingly produced and informative about things you never knew you wanted to know about the wonderful world of disaster movies. Each host is an expert in their own, but also invite exciting guests like April Wolf, uh, Mika McKinnon, and even Paul Feig to discuss why they love disaster movies. Scroll through the list to see if a movie you love is there. Hit right. play and enjoy because I guarantee you'll be a disaster diva by the end. What a fucking review. Wow. <laughs> what, what a, a hell That's of a, a review. tremendous review. Thank that's you so much review. for leaving that. Monkey Sean 89, thank you if for If I could that. review that review, I'd give it five stars. Uh, five towering yeah, yeah, that's, that's a real sure. standout. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> just so you know, the movie in the title was Independence Day. Oh, okay. Thank you. Oh, okay, good. So, okay, on that that note, guys, thank you. Please remember to rate and review us. It's really awesome. Mm. Jordan, where can we find you? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Jorcru, J-O-R-C-R-U, on on Patreon, patreon.com slash Cruciola. And, you know, 
talking about horror as ever, uh, season one of Ots Tyrion is fully up and available for your delight and consumption. Amazing. And we will be coming at you uh, with season two not too long from now. And I'm working on another little podcasty mini series right now that I'm uh, with a couple writers I really enjoy from Twitter. And I'm looking forward to announcing that in the not too distant future. Wow. Great. And Jason, mm-hmm. where can we find you? Oh, you can find me at Jason Halftones on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, you can find other great podcasts like this one that you're listening to right now at thatmightbecool.com. And you can find me. I'm Amanda R. Tubbs, and that's Tubbs with two Bs. Two Bs. Two Bs. I'm not sure if that was waiting for a lag or if that happened properly, but we'll try. (laughs) (laughs) Damn you, Spectrum. Um, Anyway, and so you can find me on Twitter. That's where I am all the time. Uh, The podcast is disaster underscore pod on uh, Twitter. We're disastergirlspod at gmail.com. And yeah, rate, review us, play with me on Twitter because I'm bored. Share us with your friends and loved ones, please. And we'll see y'all back next week for Rampage. Yes, please do. Bye, everybody. It's time for some Raging Gram Gram Gorilla Madness. Let's do it. That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>